Genre. everyone, and welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character in a great story, except when we don't. I'm Joe Dorowski, and this week we're playing a game of Elevator Pitch, and joining us is returning Protagonist Podcast co-founder Todd Mack. Welcome back, Todd. It's uh, awesome to be here. Uh, you were very kind to come back for a couple of episodes, recording back-to-back, and I promised that one of them would be a low-prep special game episode. <laughs> so we're going to be the playing... Best kind. The good old uh, pull out some options from a hat, and then we've got to craft a story pitch, an elevator pitch, out of whatever options producer Andrew gives us. Andrew, why don't you let us know what our first set of options are going to be that we're going to be All building right. an elevator pitch around? Yeah, so so I have three different hats, and and there's ten different things in each hat. Uh, so for the creative voice on this one, you have Edgar Wright. All right. Um, so it's got to be you know like a, a pretty snappy film, mm-hmm. some tight editing. He's known for his editing. Um, I still oh, wish we'd seen his Ant Man. Our our functional plot here is the man comes to town. So you know, a very classic kind of American style, Western style. You know, they arrive stra- like a stranger comes to town. Yeah, stranger comes to town. You know, okay. out of out of the like the basic plot lines, you have what it, someone says. There's two plots: a stranger comes to town, and a boy and goes he, on a quest. Hero goes on a journey. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Oh, and it's epic fantasy. Okay. Now, I, for the sake of, of future notes that may come up, no guarantees, but I do have a variety of fantasy settings. So this has to be specifically epic fantasy, not high fantasy and not low fantasy. All right. For anyone who is maybe feeling there's some similarities between those, can you help differentiate epic and high fantasy? I mean, I know the difference. Yeah, yeah, this is not for me. So as I I, – Because I wouldn't uh, be about to make a pitch and you shut me down and say, no, no, that's high. (laughs) So uh, the – and this is straight from my head, certainly not from any research that I did as I was preparing these. Um, but the epic fantasy is Wheel of Time and Game of Thrones. Thick, thick books. It's all telling one story and the kinds of things that you want a notebook for tracking all the different characters and locations. And it's and it's affecting the entire world. All right. Now you're about to say high fantasy is Lord of the Rings. And I'm going to need <laughs> still need a little differentiation there. Um So the high fantasy is like dragons and wizards, very heavily featured. Um, And then low fantasy is like medieval times with a little bit of extra magic. Okay. All right. So this is all your head can differentiation of these. Well, (laughs) this is what Google told me. Uh, I'll I'll reveal my source. Um, But yeah, so the epic fantasy is supposed to be like, this is a, an expansive, extensive story. You're going to have so many characters. It's hard to keep it all straight kind of stuff. Okay. And so the 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 epicness is in the scale of the storytelling, mm-hmm. not in the scale of the magic or the world itself. All right. And Edgar Wright is our creative voice, which, as you said, snappy editing and uh, like unique, fun camera angles are mm-hmm. things I think of uh, with him. Um, like I remember someone putting together a clip one time of like how some directors shoot 
uh, I think it was like getting a drink at a bar. <laughs> it's like someone walked up to a bar and a barkeep handing them a bottle. And it's Edgar Wright. And it was, uh, you know, like overhead shot of the the the, the cup under the, the, the tap. And then like the tap being pulled from the side. And then, you know, <laughs> under shot of the water or the beer splashing down. And it's like 18 cuts to get to this. Yeah, there's, there's like 16 different camera angles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of, of this beer being served. So it, it, a lot of that is about the visual aesthetic mm-hmm. uh, and, and how it's going to be told. More so, I, I mean, I'm sure there is. I don't know enough of his work to say like are there themes that carry over from one work uh or that are consistently present in his, mm-hmm. in his works the uh, the edgar wright film that i know best is is scott pilgrim mm-hmm. um all right and then stranger comes to town all right todd go ahead take us away <laughs> <laughs> okay so i'm a total sucker for for stranger comes to town stories uh, in my in my mind i'm thinking um so there's so there's got to be this vast fantasy world. I'm wondering if we could do like a Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court kind of thing where our stranger is actually not even from that world at all, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but is mm-hmm. from our world and somehow magically is transported. Okay. You've done into a clever spin world. on what I was about to say, which was often the stranger is like, there's some like mysterious secret. And if it's in a world of like, high fantasy and or sorry epic fantasy is that the word word epic fantasy uh, epic, yeah epic come fantasy. on get it straight uh maybe his secret is like i got nothing <laughs> <laughs> everyone has something i have nothing that's his secret he has nothing yeah he's he's not born of any blood he's not uh secretly a magic user of any kind he does not bonded to any dragons or anything that's his secret and everyone assumes this person that wanders in cloak billowing you know uh uh all this okay what what if it's this what if it's somebody that's like like the world's greatest D &D, uh dungeon master Uh from our world who actually gets sucked into (laughs) to this world where everyone has magical powers everyone and all he has is his his knowledge of D &D. To try and, to story fake story. it. Like, what's what's going to happen next? I can predict. Okay, I know I know. this is the beat where someone's about to walk through that door. Boom, someone walks through the door. <laughs> right, gives him, gives him a, like a superpower. The fact that he can read this world better than the people that actually live in it. But he okay. has no superpowers. I, I like where this is going. I have a, a skew for it. So he comes in, but he does have all of the D and D characters he's ever played somehow at his disposal. Like he can turn into those characters. I think, but not, not by magic just because he knows. Oh, so he's just starts performing as those characters. Yes. Inside, inside the world. He's like, Oh, I'm in this kind of situation. Well, I have to be my rogue character. And so right. he starts now I'm going to be that way now... and, and behaving that way. And so absolutely. And, and he has, been doing this for so long that he has that's one of the the epic natures is like he has a notebook with all of his character notes written in and so he's double checking all of these all of these characters because he's been doing it for years so he's got dozens of characters yep and so it 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 is just one stranger has come to town but it feels like (laughs) an entire nation of strangers has arrived (laughs) and so i guess my question is is he trying to survive? Like, what is what is his quest? Does he want to make his home here? Is he like more fascinated by this world and he wants to find his place in it? Does he have something he's trying to do so he can get back to our world? What what is his purpose? I love the the basic premise we have, but it's the 
okay, but but what is his motivation at this so, point? So, I mean, the usual stranger comes to town. Like, the stranger comes in. They solve the existing problem, right? Like, the society is ill-equipped to deal with a problem that they have in front of them. Stranger comes, resolves it, and then leaves. So, he has to solve their problem, right? That, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that would be the classic, uh, you know, character on the fringe of society, you know, that has a certain set of skills. <laughs> That can that can come in and address that. So yeah, uh, I guess so. We so just... he he comes in. He's an army of one, mm. and he is so, going so to turn the cogs of... of society. He's going to be in the high class, in the low class. He is orchestrating things to solve some sort of problem that they have, and the problem is just that it's fantasy world, so they don't have you know like indoor plumbing, and they don't know how germ theory works, and so everyone's <laughs> dying constantly of cholera. <laughs> he's like, well, wash your hands. This is a little bit of magic from back home. He's, he's in there. He's like, I can help them. I can help them. And he has to convince them to start washing their hands and to start, oh my you gosh. know, building outhouses away from their homes. He's just, it, it, he's just saving them from, you know, the basic ills of fantasy worlds. And somehow this does feel like an Edgar Wright type project too. <laughs> it does. You get a lot of montages with this mm-hmm. as he switches between characters. Yeah. <laughs> I kind I like of like where, we, where, where we've landed. It does feel like we've uh, maybe taken the idea of the seven samurai and made it the one samurai who <laughs> has well, seven, 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 seven samurai samurai practically a stranger comes to town. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is. All right. All right well, I like it. What, what's next? Do we have a title for that one? Uh, let's see. D and D. Uh, D. No, no, no puns coming. Okay, I'll let you know if any pun comes from. <laughs> um, let's see. It's like there's role playing. Um. Uh, playing, playing, playing God. Uh, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Dun. Dun- Connecticut Dun- Yankee. <laughs> Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court. Dungeon Master like- and. <laughs> Okay, this is this is bad audio. We're moving on. Andrew, what's <laughs> listeners let us know if you've cracked that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now we've got our our low fantasy. Okay. So what, mi- remind medieval, me one more time. For, so for for low fantasy, it's medieval Europe, but maybe there's a little bit of magic. Okay. So like Merlin's wandering around, but not like yeah. everyone yeah. is. Yeah. So uh, so King Arthur, you know, is kind of in that lower lower fantasy because like you still got to fight with swords and shields. Okay. Yes. Uh, a rags to riches ah uh by stephen king mm. <laughs> all right rags to riches so it can't be set in maine because it's low fantasy unless sure. it's low fantasy maine <laughs> which i say we go with that <laughs> it's it's loam fantasy coastal maine yeah it, well, how about this? It's uh, let's let's say the Vikings hit Maine. That's exactly oh. what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't up in Canada. They hit Maine. All right. Okay. So, and so we've got Vikings interacting with um with, with native tribes. Mm-hmm. And but and there's, there's got to be some rags to riches. Oh, rags to riches. Well, there's the uh, the squire, or what? What would the what would be the the young boy? You know, not a squire. What's a Viking? He'd be a page. Like? Page. Okay. I yeah. yeah so, I don't know the uh, terminology ooh. for it in in Viking terms. But but let's say he wasn't supposed to be on the boat, but also mm-hmm. they couldn't turn the boat around. So Stow he's away. he's just there. 
<laughs> like you're supposed to be delivering a message to one of them. Couldn't get them all straight because they all just had beards and, and horn helmets, which I don't think is accurate, but they do in this version. Uh, and and uh, while he was trying to find the right one, they, they shoved off and that, that was it. <laughs> he's, he's on the boat. Okay. Um, and then he ends up in coastal Maine. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have, you know, some low fantasy magic. So they're able to get across the water faster. You know, there's maybe some magic swords. I think I think there's got to be some kind of sinister force. Creepy, there's a, something is haunting the something is haunting the Viking well, camp. Maybe what what maybe they weren't. They weren't aiming for Maine, you know, <laughs> maybe it's uh, something something threw them off in the ocean, like in the middle of the ocean. They they got really pushed along in ways mm-hmm. that they shouldn't have been supernaturally pushed along, let's say. So something has followed them. And, you know, the the low fantasy does suit Stephen King pretty well because he does a lot of like, yeah, there's some kind of weird magic creature stuff, but it's not too extreme. But the car is alive. Why is the car alive? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that that works. So something creepy is going on. It is it is oh well you know what? Having had supernatural. Said, having said the car's alive, how about the boat's alive? Mm-hmm. So the boat comes alive. Yeah, is it, somehow in the in the journey or after I don't they remember landed. how the car comes alive in the actual story. I was but thinking... we will say like there's a big storm, most of the people die on the boat. And so the 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 boat becomes alive due to, you know, death magic. So I was thinking, um, what if for some reason, perhaps not explained at all, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> this sinister force mm-hmm. chooses the our young messenger okay. person. Mm-hmm. And and starts to kind of help this this young I don't know this young messenger to kind of move up in society. So you know whoever's just just next above him in, Get, in gets society bumped off. gets bumped off, well, falls into the ocean, and this kid starts to realize. Oh, some something's up. I about think. This. Oh. Yeah. So like, I, I am not, kid, like, I am not liking my Th- rags riches story, but <laughs> the title is hashtag sorry, not sorry, <laughs> but, but yeah. And, and so as he, as he moves up in, in the camp and eventually, uh, is, you know, there's something of like Macbeth in this, that uh-huh. there's a, there's kind of a darkness inside of him. Uh, he he likes the fact that he's getting more powerful and more wealthy, but he's also realizing that it's actually not him, that there's something else going on. There's, there's some sort of moral statement to this where like the best stuff is the stuff that you actually earn yourself. Yeah. He's being given and, all of these things. He's like, I don't I don't deserve it, but I'm going to take it and I'm going to take advantage of it. At some point, he's going to become conscious of the fact that this is a thing that's happening and then he's going to have to decide am I going to put a, put a stop to this? At which point I'll also put a stop to my upward mobility. Uh, is it worth it? Or can I just, you know, run this show? Uh, yeah, I'm probably better suited for it than whoever 
the guy is that's in charge anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I don't know. I think there's something there. Yeah. I think we've got the, the seeds of an idea. Maybe not fully formed, but we're, we're going to move on to. Does anyone have our... a title for that one? Well, it was hashtag sorry, not sorry. Which doesn't <laughs> oh, that's really right. feel like that's right. Clear, clearly, the uh, Viking <laughs> low fantasy story. Yeah. If, I, if I saw that hashtag, title, sorry, not sorry, on, on, the, on the bookstore shelf, I would immediately think, oh, it's another one of those yep, <laughs> fantasy <yep. laughs> main low fantasy Viking story. <laughs> All right, are you guys ready for our next one? I am. Okay. So this is going to be a a skewed seven samurai. So a, a three amigos galaxy quest. There's there's something bugs bugs life, right? Yeah, some something is going off on this seven samurai story. Uh-huh. Uh, the setting is a noir city. Oh yes, I'm all about noir right now. And <laughs> Todd, <laughs> you're, you're stop, you're always right. always all about noir right now. <laughs> We've been doing this podcast for eight years. <laughs> well, I'm actually preparing a little talk for a noir thing that's coming up at the college. Okay, and... so more specific. That's yeah, saying. more so than normal. All right. Um, and the creative voice is Grant Morrison. Okay. Oh. So Scottish comic comic writer, comic book writer who's done some very out there things. He he's gone pretty extreme with some of the ideas in his. I stories. believe he's asked to go by the pronouns they them. Uh, I believe they I right. I have. Uh, yeah, they, they will. Uh, he's one that's been or sorry, <laughs> uh, I believe they have been open about, let's just say, enhancing their storytelling through <laughs> chemical means, chemical means. Yeah. <laughs> so and, some of the stories and, and are had, pretty out. And they've had some their stories are experiences yeah. through through all of that that they yeah. that they openly talk about. Mm-hmm. So this one can get wild, I guess. <laughs> That's what I want to say. Uh, one of his early stories involves them like uh, facing off with the comic book character that they had done some horrible things to. The comic book character crawls out of the comic book and says, hey, why are you ruining my life? And he's sitting there at the computer saying, well, I'm just typing this. Yeah, that's actually a ripoff of a Spanish novel. But yeah, well, I, it, it's been done many times. Um, so. So what's the first okay, thing? So that... Seven Samurai as a noir story um works but it but it can get like pretty out there it can get graphic people can go crazy for sure yeah in a grant morrison story <sighs> the interesting okay. thing about noir is that and it's, it's skewed seven samurai i mean i don't know i don't know if we can say that noir characters are even more uh stereotypically alone than Western characters but, or, but you never see them get a team of detectives. Right. I mean, you can kind of imagine, I mean, the, the, the seven samurai story works because there are these, what if we, okay, we may be ripping from our own story here, but what if this guy had multiple personalities? Okay. What if it's one noir detective with, with multiple personalities? Well, because this is Grant Morrison, I'm going to go ahead and say oh, that they that... would do a story where it's not multiple personalities. It is alternate dimension versions of themselves keep appearing. I think I think like with different personalities could type. be a possibility, too. Well, yeah. Yes, I, I think it would. But uh, I think you could also do uh, like literally there's a dimension where 
this person is, you know, actually has a good life and is pretty happy. And then there's the dimension where they are, you know, the this, this super loner, but has is so observant and can see everything. There's a dimension where they have superpowers and uh, these versions of our character keep popping in. Mm-hmm. This is like Spider-Verse. But no, I'm not saying I'm saying into the, his body. Like, it's not like there's seven of him having a conversation. I'm saying like he's he, he's gone or like whatever version was in this universe is gone. And the, you know, uh, to use your spider, like the noir version, noir version is now. Pre- so so you never have seven of them on screen. Yeah, they're never actually all having a conversation. It's just they're in inhabiting one body. One so one morning he wakes up and he has the consciousness of a different version of himself. Yes. Mm, okay. And he's and and and, and all the while he's trying to solve one mystery. And he's leaving notes for himself. Yes. And exactly. he's been hired. He's been hired by somebody poor who's being oppressed. And mm-hmm. so and so the skew is that there's just one detective. There's not mm-hmm. seven detectives, but there are seven. Right. But it's all <laughs> it's all the one. The one. It's all him. I like the, I like that skew. I had been thinking about a skewed version where it was going to turn out that. Um, and I thought this would work pretty well with noir stuff that the seven were going to turn out to be the bad guys. Like they were working for the mob. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was seven, seven specialists had been hired by the mob to oppress people instead of seven specialists being hired by the oppressed people. I think this story protectors. is actually, but I, I think this I'm is a liking, super interesting story I'm here. Liking this version where there's just one person. I mean, and leaving it, the notes, it feels a little like memento where like who, whichever mm-hmm. version is in the room is like, okay, what, what do I have to work with? <laughs> like what, yeah. what information do I have right now? I don't have the consciousness mm-hmm. of the version of me that got me here. It's just me uh, here right now. I think is, there's a Jekyll and Hyde thing going on here there, also. Is is one of the seven like the killer that he's trying to catch? Oh, well, I had not thought of that. Wouldn't you say it? Obviously, yes. And that's why he <laughs> can't get him because all of his notes about how he's tracking him, the killer gets to read those notes. And, well, the killer, the killer leaves I, bad notes. And the killer like, throws them off. This the one does not make any sense. It's like, why are these notes in the trash? But why yeah. are these notes burned up? For the audience, those are just like the red herrings that they don't know are red herrings yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is actually a really cool story. Um. Okay, so he's and because it's noir, I mean, it is going to have to end with him dying, right? He's just going to yeah. Have to he's got to he's got to kill himself. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Certainly. Uh, unfortunately that, and that's really terrible because I do not like a suicide narrative. Right. But it's the only way this ends. And, and Grant Morrison would, would write that story. They would. And it's, it's also, we said it's noir, so it's not unexpected that no one is happy in the end. Oh man. I, I am not happy that I determined how that death should go, (laughs) but I determined how that death should go. Oh, I, I had not thought of what, uh, you know that that the killer being one of the per, you know mm-hmm. not the personalities but the the versions from another dimension uh and i just want to do that because i think the multiple personality thing can be done very poorly and, and it's very tagly and not respectfully of real mental health concerns mm-hmm. but once you like make it this is all just other dimension stuff now we've hand waved away from real world concerns that i'm not equipped to to address properly somehow okay. we we have to make it clear that they are coming from dimensions mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that it's a consciousness splitting and not not a multiple personality mental health factor mm-hmm. um but yeah there's seven of them and so it like cycles through each day of the week and it's like i am not gonna figure this out until oh, wednesday yeah. shows up is it a, is it a timing of the week or is it just or, randomly one pops in mm-hmm. i don't know we'll, we'll have to work with that oh i kind of like where we landed here 
Okay. I do too. Um, so a this title, is this, the seven. What's, what's seven in French? Uh, set. <laughs> um, uh, seven. Well, noir. <laughs> uh, detective shortened to det set debt. <laughs> I was going to say, like, just call it noir set. <laughs> and yeah. All right. Um, I'm pretty happy with uh, that's. There's some cool stuff in that one. <laughs> Back to our our dungeon master <laughs> earlier. Is there something with roll initiative we can use for a title? I'm still trying to find the right to- title. <laughs> roll for it. No roll. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. What are, I, I just I've never actually played D&D outside of one or two sessions with you, Andrew. Mm-hmm. And, and like very brief, not like real campaigns at all. So I just um, don't have the jargon. Critical for... is, is a, is a word that comes up in, in D and D. Now we're back to the awful audio we were giving know. them before. Okay. Let's just move on to the next one. I'm really <laughs> sorry. <laughs> We've got, um, Oh, so for the, the plot line, uh, an, an outsider slash invader converts. So avatar Pocahontas, Fern Gully dances with wolves. Feels like there was another one of those recently. Well, it's it's not like there's a shortage. <laughs> yes. Uh, with with Brandon Sanderson. Okay. And our setting is uh, World War Two. Okay. <laughs> well, there are invaders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, so. Uh, well, I mean, because it is Brandon Sanderson, we could definitely say we're going kind of the Hellboy route or yeah. you know, the Indiana Jones, where it's mm-hmm. World War Two but fantasy, Hi- heightened World War Two. Yeah. 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 So kind of, uh, uh, I mean, I, I maybe lean more towards the Indiana Jones level of fantasy inclusion mm-hmm. more than the Hellboy. Um, who who should be the outsider? Who who's going to change sides? Probably want to make that a Nazi becoming good. I mean, that is a far better choice than, <laughs> but, than the alternative, <laughs> but still loaded narratively. <laughs> Mm-hmm. the the sympathetic nazi not really a great uh great thing to explore either so do we just make it to the some aspect of the supernatural is is going to be joining the i mean that's hellboy okay i've realized we've <laughs> we've, we've landed on hellboy <laughs> um yeah so so you have to have some some kind of outsider that is uh innocent enough that we feel okay about having them be redeemed and and but but also they're part of a group that's bad enough that they can turn against them right uh there's a like the wonder woman thing where it doesn't you know maybe it's not an american or a nazi maybe it's some magical third party Mm mm-hmm Yes. who is being used by be the Nazis neutral, well, no, or, or supposed to be neutral, well, you know, mm-hmm. and, and says, no, there's a moral cause here. I'm stepping in. Right. Okay. Somebody's that's been sent to like, man, those humans, they're really, they're really mucking everything up. We should send somebody in to kind of figure out what's going on. And then this person goes in and they're supposed to be remaining neutral, but they realize that, Oh, you know, it, it's in a, if we just put it in England during the Blitz, let's just make it one of the Fae, right? Oh, oh yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, the Blitz is uh, starting to set some things off. And also, as we've noted, I know on this podcast in some previous discussion, but I do not know which of the 400 episodes, uh, the destruction of all the woodlands in England during World War II was very much a theme that you find present in a lot of the fantasy. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think we can pull that in to get Faye to wake up and join join um, the allies. What was what was and history is rusty on some things. What was causing the destruction of all the woodlands? Was that industrial progress? It was that coupled with a lack of any shipments from anywhere else <laughs> during right. during the war like this was the resources they had uh so, so i think yes industrial revolution slash some cutoffs during the war slash well, and and, and, think, and war industry yeah, in particular war. yeah uh, and and the violence of war also did some numbers there because because as you're talking about it, i mean like what we usually have with these kinds of stories is um if it's going to be somewhat fantasy is you know there's a human who goes into the magical world and it's like oh humans are not treating the environment properly or something like that for um, Right. Yeah. And, and avatar. Um, and so you could have a little bit of that, or you can have the, the Fae are attacking the humans for destroying the forest because they don't realize why the forest yeah. is being consumed. And then it's like, Oh, I need to understand your world and what you are dealing with. It's still not good to cut down the forest, but Allowing genocide is not good. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. True uh, words were never spoken. <laughs> sign off on allowing genocide. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we want to go with with a fay is coming into the human world, being like, "You guys are cutting down the trees." Like, yeah. So maybe initially this. coming in to stop the the British, right? <laughs> right. And then ends up seeing the bigger issues. At play. It's like, oh, the bigger issue is World War Two and. We've got to stop that because that's what's causing the that's ultimately the cause of the destruction. Oh, man. Think of where we started on this pitch and where we've landed. I we've like come it. a long way, gentlemen. That was, yes, <laughs> that works. I think I think Brandon Sanderson works as a creator for that. I think it's, <laughs> you, know, you know, I think with any of our pitches, we could just say, you know what? I bet if we let Brandon Sanderson polish that up, it would look pretty good. <laughs> He can put it. In, he can put it in his rotation. He's only doing like four or five books a year. Yeah. I, I bet he can elevate this vague um, German idea. <laughs> but, um, but I also think it's not the same as all of this plot line that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Like this, this plot line, I think, is often considered trite at this point. Yeah. Um, and so I think we've done something with it that's a, a little bit different. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we good on that one? Yeah. Yep. So it is an origin story. Oh, okay. Of some kind. Uh on uh seventeen or eighteen hundred sailing ships. All right. Uh Tom King as the creative voice. All right. We I mean, I think we're collectively fans of Tom King. Uh on on Vision, Vision and, and uh Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle. I'm really enjoying what he's been doing uh on a Supergirl series. Lately. I have not read any of that, but I've already pre-ordered the trade paperback because I've heard oh. so many good things about his take on Then Supergirl. I won't I won't worry about loaning it to you because yeah. I, I would have. Yeah. Um when you said origin story on on a sailing ship, my immediate thought was let's tell the origin of scurvy, but I don't think <laughs> that is the right choice. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Captain Ahab. <laughs> <laughs> the origin of captain ahab that's actually not a bad idea i don't think that's been 
I, I, I promise you it's been done somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> um, it, who else would you do an origin for on on sailing ships? Age of Moby piracy. Um, is is it Moby Dick's personal <laughs> origin story? It's the whale story. <laughs> the whale story. How his that's family a, was murdered. That's, the, that's a uh, Ness, the guy that did uh, a Monster Calls. He has a book that is is uh moby dick from the from the from the view of the whales oh man all my ideas already uh, been done all of the uh, let's yeah. see other other sailing notables fictional or real well pirate i mean you've got uh yeah. like drake or mm-hmm. yeah the uh you you also have the uh what were the licensed ones from england you know where the, where the pirates but they're yeah mm-hmm. but they're, but they're good because mm-hmm. they're british well. <laughs> they're, right <laughs> They're not going to get arrested by the British. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know who, like, which of the pirates has a cool, cool origin story. Well, um, that's what we're making up. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. That's the fun part. Exactly. Um, and I guess since it's Tom King, it's probably going to be comic book format. But, yeah. I mean, I have his novel. Uh, he He's done a novel that I, I plan to read soon, but I haven't started it yet. Um, but he is a comic book creator is how we. I think we think of Tom King. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the pirate ship in Watchmen? <laughs> you know, Watchmen have like the kid instead of superhero comic books, they have pirate comic books that everyone's obsessed with. Uh, let's see. Um, Blackbeard, Drake, uh, Lafitte. See, I just trust that something's going to come to one of us soon because last <laughs> time we were really struggling with redeeming a Nazi at one point. <laughs> and then we <laughs> took a hard right and found it. So uh, Somehow it feels more okay to have origin stories for pirates. Yeah. It probably shouldn't. I mean, the other thing that I, you could do is, I mean, if there's some, you said 16th, 17th century? You said 17th uh, or 18th 17th to 1800s, but really, you know, the, the age of sail broadly. Yeah. You know, sail, sailing ships, not steamships. All right. I'm just wondering I, if 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 there's somebody that had their origin on the sea, but we we don't think of them as somebody that had their origin on the sea. Um, what about what about like Lord Nelson? It's like a, a historical story about the British captain. Um, I don't know his story, but I know he's like the most famous naval commander in British history. Yeah, I I, I don't know enough to to really throw in there, but that no, never stops someone from making an origin story. <laughs> Just <laughs> throw some spaghetti. I was going to say, you know how in like, uh, in Pirates of the Caribbean, it's like the Black Pearl. Like everyone knows the Black Pearl. What was the origin story for a ship more than the pirate? Like the, uh-huh. the legend of a ship starts in, in this story. Okay. Um, I'm also thinking like, like, um, um, Oh, who circumnavigated the globe? So, like, maybe it's uh, Magellan. Magellan, that was the one. Do you know that he actually didn't circumnavigate the globe? (laughs) He was killed. Yeah, he he didn't make it. (laughs) Elementary school, so many lies and facts that I still carry from elementary school. I I did know that he didn't make it, but I, but like his name's attached to the, to the task. And that was Elcano made it all the way around. Um, oh yeah, there's. I mean, there's a ton of Spanish explorers that could have cool or, origin stories, and I don't know anything about them because because uh, I was in American schools where they don't talk that much about the Spanish <laughs> yeah. explorers. I was gonna say if if we were gonna go with comic book and maybe a ship origin story, maybe the anthology is about adventures on a ship and like there's different crews, different crew members at different points. But one of the first stories is like 
the christening of the ship and how it starts. But then each issue is a different adventure of the ship, but it's a, the only through line is the ship itself, not the crew. I like it. What if we also, I'm just going to throw this out here. Very separate idea. What if we just have him retell the origin of the Phantom? That takes place on a sailing ship. It's comic books. <laughs> it's an origin story. <laughs> uh, it takes place before, so it's not on Skull Island? That we yeah, it's, it, 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 like the last issue is the uh, pirate attack, and he, and he ends up on Skull Island. Oh, okay. There's a lot of issues. Well, I'm just saying, like, if you try and work out the Phantom's lineage... <laughs> There's a there's a lot of problem comic stories. Uh, all right, uh, I I think yours is probably stronger overall. So it's, yeah, it's like about it. the ship, but it's kind of an anthology of just per issue. We're seeing the crew on what the ship. What if the Phantom and, and it's was the name out. of the ship? Oh, that that does feel like a ship name. The Phantom. The Phantom Menace. No. <laughs> oh, it's just the Phantom. All right, I like it. Yeah. And instead of a, a pirate flag, it's got like its own ghost flag, some sort of. It's it's just like the Scooby Doo ghost shape. <laughs> just, just no, I was thinking like a Pac Man ghost. No, that's exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say. It's a Pac Man ghost flag. <laughs> just just floating up there, looking menacing. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, Andrew. Let's do at least one more here. All right. Um, so this is a uh, a hero's journey. Fairly right. classic in a Western setting. And Mike Schur is the creative voice. So it's going to be a, a comedy sitcom. <laughs> so, yeah, Mike Schur, famously the uh, worked on The Office, co-creator of Parks and Rec and mm-hmm. Good Place. Good Place. And uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, all right. So it's going to be some if, if it's going to be a hero's journey in a sitcom format. I think it's going to have to be some sort of like coming of age esque story. Right. Yeah. Uh, for for Western uh, so, so cause, cause, cause Mike sure is not afraid of doing longer through lines across multiple seasons. Yeah. And I mean, the, the good place is this beautiful encapsulated, you know, for, was it four seasons? I think. Yeah. And there's, and there's long storylines through parks uh, and rec. Yeah. You know, like a, like a season long campaign for election. Mm-hmm. And so we so can it's have a, a so longer it's a story. Western, a Western sitcom. Yeah. We haven't had many of those. No. Um, no, we have not. I mean, but, <laughs> but he's also got films. None of he's them got a actually, little bit of yeah. procedural experience doing Brooklyn yeah. Nine Nine. So yeah, so you I, can make I, it a I western procedural. Like where, where you take the so he took the police procedural and and you know made it a sitcom. So we're gonna take a cowboy uh, story and make it a sitcom uh, right. in this process. Uh, so okay. so Lonesome so, Dove, like yeah, he's he's you know like herding the cattle so hero's journey so there's got to be some somebody wait is the situation is the is the is the office setting in this case it's the group of cattle herders it's the cowboys actually with like 500 head of cattle (laughs) taking them across the plains like that's the sin it's that that format it's like that (laughs) it's it's mockumentary (laughs) but it's mockumentary format so the call to adventure is you've got to get these cattle from Abilene to I don't know where, Montana. where they're taking them. <laughs> okay, but uh, Montana's where they go in Lonesome Dove. <laughs> sure. Well, and, and, and uh, uh, if it's if it's a hero's journey, you need to have like uh, I mean, with the office, um, 
most of the cast is supposed to stay in the office forever, but you know, like Jim and Pam are meant to progress and, and leave the office. Uh, like mm-hmm. I even heard uh, a director of photography say, say Jim always does his talking heads with the window to the outside world behind him. And everyone else does talking heads against blank walls <laughs> or facing into the office um, because Jim has a path to the outside world. Whereas everyone else is supposed to just be hmm. here forever. And so I think we need one, the one character that's not going to be hurting cattle for the rest of their lives. <laughs> like they, they're going to be moving beyond this, but then the rest of them are, are lifers. <laughs> yeah. But this is, this is what, like these are our cattle it's our brand yeah we're gonna go homestead somewhere and and (laughs) set them up so what is this other what does does he have a dream or Uh, i think he's gonna get pushed onto the onto the robber baron (laughs) he he wants to be (laughs) (laughs) he's gotta get his money and head back (laughs) back 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 east. I was just starting to say some words. He's gonna build a bunch of barbed wire fences and (laughs) close off. I'm gonna close this prairie. Uh, (laughs) Someday I'm gonna come back here and I'm gonna fence it all off. (laughs) This is terrible. I don't like this story at all. It's a terrible dream. That's (laughs) the villain's motivation. The other word I was about to blurt out for no reason was carpetbagger. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. Killing me. I mean, I assumed he was going to become sheriff or something someday. That's oh, the boon sure. that he has to oh, offer. Yeah. He goes on his adventures and then he he comes back with the skills to take care of I the mean, outlaws. What, what what if it was uh? I mean, not Robert Baron, and... but it was like uh, like I'm looking to the future, like uh, train, you know, you, like something with the railroad, some sort of railroad like, magnate. Yeah, so some sort of. <laughs> This this right way of life is where we're at right now, but I see that there's more. The, the, there's something next that's going to okay. come. And so his his goal is to uh, to to span the boundary, to bridge the gap between old ways and new ways, and make sure that uh, progress doesn't destroy everything. Yeah, and but yes, so he wants progress, but not to destroy everything. And uh, you know, Ra- like the- railroads are good. But paving the whole West is bad. Yes. And, and you know, there's the old timer that, you know, everything is back in my day. It was perfect, <laughs> you know, when it was mm-hmm. however X, Y or Z. Uh, and and he's like, well, you know, there's there's good there. I, you know, I, I, I always when there's narratives about progress, I am always bothered when like oh, only the, the only point of view that's validated is, is the future looking one. I'm like, no, I think there's good things to build upon. OK, uh, so so he is. Originating more as a a city kid Uh and then he's going on the adventure with the with with the cattle herders Mm -hmm. the cowboys and that's the that's the world that he steps into right and he learns all the things and he toughens up and he um you know sees the beauty of the land and all that sort of stuff and And then when he comes plenty that michael sure will write for us yeah and then he and then he comes (laughs) back after three seasons and he says now, like, we've got to get out west, but let's do it smart. Mm-hmm. Let's not cut down every single tree we can find. <laughs> kill all the buffalo. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> like, maybe we could not kill every buffalo. Yeah. And maybe let, let's have conversations with the people we meet on the way. <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of just wiping them out wholesale. I, I like the, the overall path of this. It really needs the Michael Schur touch to get the 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 sitcominess oh, right, into yeah. it. I was like, I don't know how to write sitcom jokes mm-hmm. that well. well you've uh, got to have the right mix of characters. Do you, yeah. do you want it to be the mockumentary still? 
Like, yeah, you you want them. Talking. I love the mockumentary style, but you've got to have. I mean, you got to have more than just a bunch of uh, a bunch of old cowboys now, out on the. Now, hang rail, on a second. Right? Hang on a second. I just had a thought for all of those asides and 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 talking head moments because it's the old west it's just a black and white photo and then they do old-timey narration like it's <laughs> it's just a photo of them and their character is speaking the narration whenever it's the the talking head moment it's just them narrating a letter that they wrote to go along with the photo that was taken <laughs> now, now, you don't get, now it's like ken burns yeah it's, it's, it's mixing with ken burns wasn't saying like a mockumentary doesn't work for the old west, <laughs> but that's what makes it so great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you just accept it. It's not like there's no explanation. Like yeah. the office spends over backwards. There's certain way to say no. Really, they were making a documentary this whole time, <laughs> this last decade. <laughs> this crew's been sitting here making yeah. a documentary. I'm like, because like you can't get even to like the earliest filmography I mean, like nah. the, the earliest films like barely touch into no, cowboy times no i think you just you just lean into it, it. Just you just did. say look this is it's these modern are the rules cameras, we're playing modern by. camera crew modern yeah. family and parks and rec didn't try and offer any explanation did they they just no. were yeah so so like no. that it just it's like this that. is just exactly. what it is exactly it is what it is i'm just picturing like these gross dirty sweaty cowboys and they just like glance over at the camera <laughs> Like a yeah, there's just camera. a camera right there but they've got it i mean <laughs> there's got to be some uh we we need to to expand the cast beyond all right there's got to be some, there's got to be a little bit of diversity in this cast so <laughs> they have to come in you know they, they've got to come into town mm-hmm. and they'll you know they're they've got people there's people that work at the hotel there's people that work in the you know in the in the restaurant the tavern was the, the saloon uh, the saloon the, the actual I mean, whoever actually owns this herd you know yeah their, yeah so mm-hmm. so they don't have to be moving you know from one place to another and that's the the long story of his his like travels into the into the second world no i don't think we have like he's, a season he's, long wandering yeah he's he's in in town <laughs> he's in town you know he gets sent out there it's like ah you're 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 too much of a city kid mm-hmm. you got to toughen up a little bit so he gets sent to his uncle's ranch and so he spends some time in the town and some time on the ranch, mostly on the ranch. A lot well, of firesides. I was going to say, like, for budget, like, the, the opposite of the, uh, like, like the, the bottle episode is where, like, you go sh- shoot in one room. The opposite would be, like, when he's out with the herd. It's all just landscape shots behind him. <laughs> just yeah. point the camera that way. That's it. And, and this is super cheap mm-hmm. to film. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and sometimes they have to, like, in, in the summer, they have to, like, roam the herd to a couple of other areas so they can they can eat. And then they come back. And so you'll, you'll have some episodes where they're out and some episodes where they're in town. All right. Well, I think we got somewhere with this one. Andrew, do you still have those like laid out in front of you? Because I can't remember all the pictures we did. And I wanted to do a quick recap. Oh, <laughs> uh, I've been folding up those pieces. Oh, all right. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed each one of those <laughs> that we've done. <laughs> because uh, I'm, I'm a little hazy on. I don't, I don't think I could list all that we've done. Do you know how many we did? Uh, we did, uh, I think seven of them Our our classic seven. We did the D and D guy goes to the go D and D person goes to the mm-hmm. epic fantasy world. Seven, we did the noir, the noir, the, the noir seven samurai. Yep. I like that one. Okay. Um, we, we did the, the Mike sure Western sitcom. Mm-hmm. We did uh, uh, the, the Faye in, uh, England. Oh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We did the world phantom, war II. the phantom boat comic the phantom ship. That's five out of seven. So That's there's two good. more that. 
that that Those we can't remember. It's <laughs> pretty good that we can remember five of the seven things we just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, let's call it a night. Um, <laughs> Mind is still sharp. <laughs> uh, 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 the the Stephen King Vikings. Oh, oh yeah. right, Stephen King Vikings. And so there's only one that we're missing. I mean, I feel like. Uh, we were very male centric in our pitches this go round. I uh, I am realizing that too. Thinking about these is like this is very. I mean, some of that is lacking uh, diversity to some degree. We, we said you know Vikings on a ship and old West Cowboys cattle you know on a cattle run that does tend to be more male centric <laughs> with those stories. Uh, but something it's like the entire in. history of Western literature is male centric. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Like when we're borrowing <laughs> so when, I'm, when I'm trying to pull tropes. out plot lines, <laughs> we're borrowing it's existing like... tropes. We're gonna have some issues there. Uh, but something we might follow up if we uh, play another round of elevator pitches in the future. All right, Todd, thank you for joining us. And I think there's still one more that we never quite nailed down in what it was that we talked about that a listener's probably saying you forgot about <laughs> this one. And I'm like, I. Eh. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Todd, is there anything you want to share with our listeners before we sign off? Nope. Let's just all be good to each other. That is a worthwhile method message that somehow we need to keep hearing. All right. That is going to wrap up this episode. Thank you for joining us for show notes and links to all of the other great dueling genre shows. You can go to duelinggenre.com. Also, please subscribe to the protagonist podcast in your podcast app of choice. And please leave us a review. That really helps us out. We'd like to thank Scott Tufty who composed our theme music. You can reach us by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com or us on Twitter. You can follow at protagonistpod or at Jadorowski. And our producer, Andrew, is at this minute. And our Facebook fan page is facebook.com slash protagonistpodcast. Thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story. So long. So long. Turns out we had actually only done six of them. Oh, that's why we were struggling to come up with the seventh. Well, I so, we, so we did remember seventh. all of them. We had the secret seventh. Of <laughs> seven of, Samurai of, of Western. Doing the Magnificent. <laughs> oh, yeah, doing the Magnificent Seven. Secret Seven. <laughs> that was the first one that was actually just the story. All right, wait. Oh, is, is Secret Seven the best title for the noir one? Uh, are you going to do an intro? Yeah. And I'll let Andrew introduce what the hats are. Okay. All right. Hello, listeners, and welcome to whoa, the protagonist whoa, podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Slow your roll, cowboy. Calm yourself. I'm going to let you introduce the hats. <laughs> and it, yeah, this is out of all the games we play, probably the easiest on the pre production. <laughs> it is. Uh, not just the games of the episodes that we do. <laughs> yeah, uh, of all episodes. Yeah, when you got to write full summary, it's like, oh, no, how, how long do I have before we a lot we easier record? than getting our picks together for the fantasy box office? Oh, yeah. A lot easier than Christmas or when we yeah, when we yeah, at Christmas where we have to have a pre-written pitch for each one. Yeah. And, right, and let's some do of it. these seeds of ideas from these like still stay with me. Like I remember we did one where we ended up with the idea of like the old west, but it was fantasy. And we talked about like the train tracks are actually like laying barriers on, in the magic realms. Like <laughs> and like that little seed of an idea. I can't remember what else we said about it, but that little seed is like lingered in my head. I was like, oh, I, I think there was the, there was like like old world magic, new world magic. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was good. So 
why don't we just go ahead and uh, get three options for us to begin working with? Okay. Uh, this was actually, th- this was one of the things that kind of inspired it. So I've, I've pulled my three options and this plot line was one of the first ones that I thought of. And I was like, oh, that's kind of like the idea behind the game. Okay. Um, so you'll be doing a straight up seven samurai, not a skewed seven samurai. That's a separate piece of paper in the hat, <laughs> but a straight up seven samurai. What do you mean? Okay. Define for me the difference of skewed seven samurai and straight up seven. Samurai. So, so straight up seven samurai is seven samurai, magnificent seven. Like it's, it's straightforward. A skewed would be three amigos, galaxy quest, bugs life. Okay. I got okay. you. Uh, well, unfortunately you've got the Western. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> You're at magnificent seven so far. <laughs> so far, uh, you kind of nailed it. Um, but you can maybe spice things up because your creative voice is Brandon Sanderson. Ah, so it's not a movie that would that would squarely put it into novel territory. Interesting. So, and that means you can throw in. I mean, Brandon Sanderson does fantasy stuff, magic. Oh, stuff. does he? Is that <laughs> so? <laughs> is that you could maybe. <laughs> in fact, I dare say he has a fantasy western setting. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, we we discussed it together <laughs> fairly recently <laughs> on this recently, podcast. Yes, with Wax and Wayne. Okay, so what would we use to differentiate this from the Magnificent Seven? I guess is where like like <laughs> the, the, the rub that challenge. I'm really <laughs> catching on. I, either of the Magnificent Sevens, mm-hmm. right? And you want us to do a straight up Seven Samurai, not a skewed one, so right? It's not and, a jokey one, yeah. Or or it's like, oh, there's a twist. It's it's got to be pretty pretty straightforward. That like, there's a group that are come together to help someone, right? Mm-hmm. So, group of disaffected uh, social outcasts, mm. our outsider <laughs> heroes. <laughs> this is going to be really hard to make yeah, it no, down for Magnificent Seven. I feel like I want to do a mulligan on this one because <laughs> <laughs> this this film has already been made, and throwing in Brandon Sanderson when we just had Todd on to talk about Wax and Wayne also <laughs> doesn't really help to differentiate things from some existing works. So, can we, can we, can we maybe just? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, do I just should I just put these I'll put yeah, these ones back in because right you do have in. Right, honestly right back in the, hat. the elevator pitches there's been a lot of elevator pitches right. in history Andrew, here's what I want you to do this whole sequence this is all, all the outro <laughs> <laughs> like this isn't here <laughs> it's just any listener who listens past the credits gets five minutes of us like I don't know <laughs> that's the first time that's ever happened to us <laughs> it was just two on the nose I think it what was we were running into all right all right. We have got uh, a standard seven samurai. So okay. no, no issues. <laughs> seven with that. Sam- How many versions <laughs> of the like, seven samurai are just, there? Just, just I'm going to blackball. I'm going to blackball two. one. I'm going to blackball seven samurai right now. Let's, let's just get a different. Plot. All right. Just, <laughs> d- different plot. I'm calling it audible. <laughs> just because some of our other plots ended up being seven samurai without us meaning it to be seven samurai. 